Hello and welcome back to the Youth Thought Podcast. I am your host, Wyatt, with my regular cast of goons, Jared, Lucas, Bart, and Aiden. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the 92nd week. We are going to start with some news that we missed. Jaguars first-round pick, Travis Etienne, likely to miss the entire season with a foot injury, which just makes a first-round pick running back look even worse now that he's going to be gone. Yeah. I know it's a freak accident. Everyone, it's the year of the foot injury, apparently, but <laughs> it's just not a good look for a rebuilding Jags team. Yeah. yeah the Jaguars look... Super Bowl pick. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Put a lot of money down on that. Yeah. Exactly. yeah they look awful. Like, just yeah. Trevor yeah, Lawrence is going to get destroyed <laughs> this year. I feel... Hey, they haven't made a choice on the starting quarterback yet, so. No, he won. He officially won. Oh, did he? He officially beat out C.J. Beathard. uh, (laughs) (laughs) How dare you not mention Gardner Minshew first. And Gardner Minshew. So he beat him both. Gardner Minshew QB too. In the the headline that I saw that said he beat him out, C.J. Beathard's name was mentioned in there. (laughs) That's so disrespectful. I was really worried about it. Um we do have a potential emergency for Joey Chestnut. A uh, report came out today that every t- hot dog you eat takes 35 minutes off your life. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. Numbers. I ran the numbers. Oh, no. Joey Chestnut has already currently taken 25 days off of his life. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, for the eternal glory of being a hot dog chain. <laughs> I was going to say, days, yeah. 25 days is a small price to pay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That is concerning, though, at the very least. <laughs> Um, J.R. Smith was officially cleared to play NCAA golf. LeBron James what? is going to be more proud. He's playing for the NC A&T Aggies, I believe, North Carolina A&T Aggies. Did so, he found that school or like where, where is that school? Have no, I have no idea. He was cleared by the NCAA, so I'm not okay. really sure. So he must be a student then, right? Like he... Like he's taking I think classes. Probably. Or I think like, he was like flexing his eligibility or something like that. I don't know. Whatever it is, he's gonna be golfing. I want to see what he uh, if he class shows up on communications degree. Yeah, he's, what else the class? He's going on his second communications degree. I just want to call no out communication degrees. Aggies can't be like how common of a name is Aggies? I'm stunned that there are two teams in the country that have that as their name. When I, I read Aggies, was, I thought it, for sure it was Texas A&M. Yeah, I what, thought it was Texas A&M. Sure. What is an Aggie? Just for those of us who don't know. Lucas like knows, uh, but you want to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it's yeah. a student at Texas A&M. It's someone, <laughs> someone from the farm. Okay. Oh, like agriculture. Mm. Oh, because I bet, I bet North Carolina oh, A&T. Yeah. North it's Carolina, agriculture. <laughs> agriculture and <laughs> technical <laughs> college. Okay. <laughs> but they are both, they both, they both have agriculture in their name. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Also, Anyways, apparent, speak- yeah, Jr. Apparently, has been tweeting about his like his first PowerPoint presentation for an, for his English class this week, <laughs> and they're they're asking him like where he sees himself in the next five to ten years. So he said, oh "Because goodness. I have a wild imagination, it's going to be very interesting." I do hope that he's good at golf. <laughs> I, I do too. I think that would be cool. So too. I think it's a super fun sports story. Yeah, like I'm rooting mm, for him. Me too. I love golf, and I'm into golf now too. So nice. Go, no, you're go not. ham. You're Listen, not gonna I'm watch go- a single round. Yes, I do. I watch golf all the no, time. No, you don't. That's not true at all. <laughs> yeah, sure. Anyway. Every day, turn on all the golf. Um, speaking of college, the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 have all announced or are planning to announce an alliance. Um, the details of the alliance are unclear, so we'll probably follow up on that as a real discussion topic down the road. But 
They um, they like officially announced it yesterday. Like they'd start scheduling each other, but the, but it but it would take a while because you know like schedules are planned out years in advance. But so they announced it yesterday, and then today, uh, USC, a member of the Pac-12, a member of the Alliance, who said they're like they're trying to block out the uh, SEC, scheduled a series with the LSU that was announced today. So <laughs> what? Alliance, okay, interesting. Or at least it might not be a series, but they're playing each other in twenty twenty four at the very least, and I'm guessing it's some sort of home and out. So like, yeah, traitors. Uh, Traders, yeah, they betrayed the alliance already. I, I, I saw somebody. It, it was reported that it's going to be based on a like foundation of trust. That was like in. Trust. I was like, okay, yeah, this is not going to end. Starting well, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does somebody want to explain this next? Who put the next one? The Philly. Fan? I did. Okay, well, you want to read it for me? Yeah, I'd love to. So, like the. Whatever, the group, the company that created the Philly Fanatic, there's some sort of marketing agency in New York, uh, came to the Philadelphia Phillies apparently early last year and was like, you, you can't use him as your mascot anymore. Like, this it, this is our creation, and we're like telling you, you can't use it anymore. Um, and so they've been in a lengthy legal battle over the Fanatic, and just yesterday, uh, it was ruled that if the Phillies make sufficient changes to the fanatic, which they have, they change the like his arms and like some other things, they can keep using him. But the judge said they have to credit this company every time they talk about like who created the Philly fanatic. Like the Philadelphia Phillies cannot claim that this is like their creation. They have to be like Harrison Erickson or this like company in New York is the real creator of the fanatic. And it's like it was wild to me that somebody would care that deeply about that yeah. but you know yeah i just I really mean, wanted to make some yeah. money yeah yeah oh, yeah money. no i want the philly fanatic to have like become a free agent because the highest bidder gets him as their mascot i love that he's a good mascot, so, that's weird. He's a good mascot. so minor i'm looking at the before and after mascot. like they changed his shoes mm-hmm. they changed the little things on his arm and his eyebrows and like that's about it yeah, that's it. They got him. That's they all it takes. Anyway. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, speaking of mascots, Coach Budenholzer agrees to a what? three-year deal with the Bucks. You know, oh breaks my, my heart to see uh, Giannis go down like that. So, Anyways. wow, okay. <laughs> terrible. Today is a very special episode because we're gonna just give it hot takes until right before the football season starts. They're gonna be fire firing hot. Everyone else is gonna have something to say about it. Not gonna waste any more time. I'm gonna give it to Lucas. What is your hot take? Well, let me take you back uh, for a little history, Wyatt. So, <laughs> a little over a hundred years ago, on September seventeenth, nineteen twenty, the NFL was founded in Canton, Ohio, mm. a wonderful town in northeastern Ohio, um, which holds to this day the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I am here and happy to report that football is coming home this upcoming year and the Cleveland Browns are going to win Super Bowl 56 and take home the Lombardi Trophy to the birthplace of American professional football. Let me tell you a few reasons why. They might not be the most outside-the-box choice. I'll give you that. It's not like, you know, you're wildly picking the Jaguars to win next year, which is not going to happen. But they're far from the favorites from the Super Bowl. ESPN gives them only a 5% chance of winning it all this year. And I think you can make a compelling case that the Browns have everything necessary that they need to win a Super Bowl this next year. 
First, we'll talk about what's going right for the Browns. Uh, the offense, so far as Baker continues to improve, can be elite and improve on its already top-half scoring performance from last year. They can be incredibly balanced, and they've plugged up some of their biggest weaknesses. I'll start talking about Baker. He had a decent 2018 rookie season, took a big step back in 2019, but then took a huge leap forward way past his rookie performance last year in 2020, mm. and I think he'll keep improving. Even just last year, his interception percentage dropped from 3.9 to 1.6, his touchdown percentage went up from 4.1 to 5.3, and his quarterback rating went up from 78.8 to 95.9. The Browns don't need Baker to be elite. They just need him to be really good. And if he keeps improving at the pace that he's been continuing to improve, I think that he'll be more than good enough to take them uh, to the Super Bowl. And that's because the rest of their offense can be really balanced and really elite. Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the NFL. Jarvis Landry, OBJ, could be a really good one-two punch. I know there's always the claims that they get worse when OBJ plays, but he's a talented guy. You know, I trust him to... uh, you know, come back and, uh, you know, you know, really help the team. Um, and they shored up some issues on their offensive line. Uh, I think Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills. So all in all, I think if the offense lives up to their potential, they can be great. The defense had pretty big room for improvement. Last year, they were the 21st best in scoring defense, and the Browns still went 11-5 and last year. So if they improve the defense, you know, Sky's the limit. They don't even have to be an elite defense. Even if they just get a little bit better, uh, I think they'll be good. So they added Jadavion Clowney, uh, making an already elite pass rush better. He'll pair nicely with Miles Garrett. They had gaps at cornerback and at linebacker. Plugged those as well. They drafted Greg Newsom and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo, as we lovingly referred to him as the Wu. Uh, and he's looked really good, especially in the preseason. Again, for the Browns, it's just about marginal improvements to become a true Super Bowl contender. And they've done it also on defense. The competition will be tough. You know, there's no denying that the Bills, the Chiefs will be back. But if they make those marginal improvements, then I think that on their day, they could beat either of those teams and make their way into and winning the Super Bowl. Um, Plus, the NFL is unpredictable. Who knows? Maybe Pat gets hurt. Maybe Josh Allen regresses. It's all possible. So if I'm picking a team, you know, that has it all, that's going to win the Super Bowl, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that it is the Cleveland Browns. No doubt. No doubt. At all. I'll book it. Oh, he's I'll place a $100 bet on it. What? Uh, we'll see. Keep all right, going. Yeah. Book it. It's going in the book. It's going in the book. Okay. I mean, I, I agree that they're like, I agree with ESPN. 5% seems pretty reasonable, but I agree with what you're saying that they're definitely not that far out. I actually agree with most of what you said. I think the biggest thing is their defense is going to get better. Yeah, and that's it's like, yeah. And St- like Stefanski won a coach of the year in his first season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, in last preseason, Baker didn't even really have a real preseason to prep with him. Um, so I also am optimistic that Baker is going to get even better. We don't give Baker enough credit because he survived like the yeah. Hugh Jackson era. Mm-hmm. He's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm yeah, with you. I, I would be optimistic. I'm just not <laughs> saying that they're <laughs> going to be able to compete with like the Chiefs of the world quite yet, but I don't know. We'll see. Anything can happen, as as some say. Okay. And you, okay, go ahead. Ryan. Okay, I'll, Lucas. I'll but let me let me let me ask you this: <laughs> If the defense doesn't have to be elite, and Baker Mayfield doesn't have to be elite, who's going to be the big difference maker on that team? Because it sounds like everyone just coasts their way to mediocrity, and all of a sudden they're going to win a Super Bowl. Okay. No, everyone Maybe, does their jobs. Why it's not mediocrity? Exactly. <laughs> I know, yes, but if I, I had to pick, elite. I, 
I mean, if I had to pick one unit that's going to have to be elite or at least be significantly better to do it, it's going to have to be the defense. The pass rush of Clowney and Garrett has to really shine. And the, the big knock on Clowney, too, has always been that he can get pressure, but he can't get to the quarterback. But I think Garrett pairs really nicely with him in that he has a track record of sacks. So I think the pass rush is a very specific subsection of the defense will be elite, help carry him. Um, and I think while Baker doesn't have to be elite, he's going to, again, have to be a lot better, get pretty close. Um, and I think that if they can everybody do their job, like Jared said, that works. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, balance sometimes when you do a Super Bowl. I just don't, I just don't see a team that that was just, just balanced. Uh, you know, and not just not outstanding that has won a Super Bowl in recent history. Yeah. But I feel like it's fair to say that they have elite parts of the team. But I think the pass rush, as Lucas mentioned, is is pretty good now approaching elite. The receiving core, if they're both healthy, if Jarvis and Odell are both healthy, is pretty elite. They're running backs with Chubb and Kareem Hunt, right? Like that's could be if again health, that could be pretty elite. Baker's yeah, maybe not elite, but he's, you know, he's in the upper tier, this upper tiers of QBs at this point. So yeah. I th- I don't think it's unfair to say that, like, they will be contending for that. Because, like, I think they have, they have a bunch of units that can at least approach elite level. They have a unit that already is at the elite level. You already mentioned Aiden and Lucas. Yeah. It's their offensive line and rushing attack. They were third in the league last year in yards, mm-hmm. yards per game. A lot of people think they have the best offensive line in the in the game, but behind maybe the Colts. There's there you go, Wyatt. There's their elite. There's their elite uh, unit that's going to carry them. And I think they got. I mean, it wasn't the pass rush. I don't think last year it was more like their back seven. Like you remember the yeah. the Ravens or, is it called the back seven? And I, I, I think I might have made that term up, but the people behind <laughs> well, the, the linebackers know, and, and uh, <laughs> the linebackers and DBs. Yeah. If you like, remember the Ravens game, like. A textbook like Cleveland Browns defensive back play was like Lamar Jackson gets out of the pocket, everybody rushes in. There's like there's a a wide receiver wide open down the field, like they just couldn't cover anybody. Yeah. And now they got somebody like Jeremiah Wusukormoa who can like cover those like intermediate players and everything. Who I think is going to be a really good playmaker for them, even though he just got stitches for in a weightlifting accident. <laughs> He's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I think they do have an elite unit already, though. Is is pretty much what I wanted to chime in and say. With their, yeah. with their offensive line. Yeah, and their secondary got, like, they really focused on their secondary in the offseason, too. As Lucas kind of mentioned with Greg Newsom, they also added um, a great safety in John Johnson the third, plus Troy Hill, a great cornerback. Like, they really tried to patch up some of their weaknesses from last year with their, their back seven. Uh, if we're going to make that term a thing now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of first round or high high picks on the secondary. Yeah. yeah. What is it? Oh. Rudy Williams, Denzel Ward. That's my other corner. Uh, Grant Delpit, who was Greg Newsom. A lot of guys. We'll see Anyways. how it goes. Yeah, if you've been Rudy converted, was... Wyatt, have you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I don't believe the take that that they can't be that they don't have to be elite. I don't buy that take. Anyway, moving on. Jared's going to come even crazier. You can hear his tinfoil hat crinkling as he moves around. Jared, (laughs) what's your hot take? Okay, so I altered it a little bit. Ian, I was watching ESPN's presentation of Monday Night Football earlier this week. Steve Levy reported (laughs) 
There was interest around the league in Ian Book. Multiple teams had made calls about Ian Book. And for good reason. Ian Book is this year's dra- is this draft class's Josh Allen. Lucas and I have already debated whether Ian Book is the greatest Notre Dame quarterback of all time. He's the winningest quarterback of all time, top two in like every stat production-wise. You look at Ian Book's progression, since I've been a Notre Dame fan, he's the only one of the three quarterbacks that didn't go through that second season slump that every quarterback seems to go through with Brian Kelly. In fact, his second season was amazing, going 34-6 and touchdown-interception ratio. Last year, you know, not as high production on the passing game, but got it down on the ground with nine touchdowns. Pretty impressive. And in the NFL, I mean, translating that to the Saints situation, let's be honest, Wyatt, no matter how many LASIK surgeries Jameis Winston gets, he's not the long-term answer at quarterback for the Saints. Ian Book's going to be coached by one of the league's best offensive minds in Sean Payton. And think about this. He's almost identical to Drew Brees in height and weight, play style. Like, people forget Drew Brees spent five years with the Chargers and made one Pro Bowl. First season with the Saints, first team All-Pro. So, I mean, you don't need to, really need to, too much evidence to see um, – how Sean Payton can impact a quarterback. And then, so let's look at Josh. Let's look at the Josh Allen comparison and his amazing progression. In his first season, five and six as a starter, had more interceptions than touchdowns. And people in Buffalo already were ready, to, were ready to trade him and like this was a terrible pick. Now, last year, he's the savior, 13 and three as a starter, 37 and 10 touchdown interception ratio, and a great 90, uh, 69% completion percentage. I'm looking for Ian Book to make that jump as well. Sneaky athletic. Might not have the same arm that Josh Allen has, but he's got the tools in the situation to do it. Jared, the premise that he's like Josh Allen is like faulty for a lot of reasons. He, first off, I'm not Ian looking Book at height and weight. Ian I'm Book, looking at the Ian progression. Book, Ian Book was a fifth round pick. Josh Allen was the seventh overall pick. There's a Thank huge you. difference in potential there between those guys. You get down to the intangibles of like height, weight. I know you don't want to consider it, but they're absolutely important. You have to be stellar to be able to outperform a height and weight like Ian Book has and not to body shame him or anything, but I don't <laughs> think he's like at that level um where he can like really make that jump and plus he's not a winner I just like he can't wait what when Ian Book, Ian Book is win. not a winner no he's the winningest quarterback in, in all-time history at Notre Dame he Notre lost Dame's like four like games in three years. Which, which, what, yeah. which equals what, Jared? A first well, round exit well, well, in the college football playoffs? Every single okay, year. Okay, how many how many wins in, in the college football playoffs did Josh Allen have? Exactly. Well, he played for Wyoming. He was there was yeah, this exactly. Wyatt, you like crap on Notre Dame all the time for not having any players too. So what's the point? Why are you dragging on Notre Dame right now? Ian Book not being a winner cannot possibly be your argument. Yeah, comparing with Josh <laughs> Allen. I then, agree. Then I'll tell you, this, if Ian Book is one of the is the most is the best quarterback in Notre Dame history. That makes him one of the top seventy quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Because I mean, <laughs> a, the, Josh Allen was a seventh round pick. He was a starter his first year, and Ian Book right now is running with the fours. There's not even close to the same kind of comparison. Sneaky athletic Jared means he's not athletic. That's, that's not true. He ran a four five nine. He ran a four five nine forty. Yeah, four five nine. That's not that great. That is great for a quarterback. That's really good. Yeah. They just mean that he can break off a run or he scrambles good. But I mean, that's what he needs to do. He's not a running quarterback. Comparing him to Drew Brees physically is not good because I tell you what, there's only been one Drew Brees in the history of the NFL. There's there's not been another short. <laughs> okay, there's only been one Lamar Jackson in the history of the NFL. There's no, there's can, only been one Tom Brady in the history of the NFL. There's only been one. You can list literally any player. 
There's only been one unless they had no, a son you can with comp, the same name. You could, Come but, on, but how many guys you comp and say he's Drew Brees? I mean, like Baker Mayfield is still kind of growing. Tua didn't look very good, and they're both shorter, weaker arm quarterbacks who haven't exactly excelled their ways to Drew Brees' level. Where Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. They they don't have that potential. Yeah, but who are their Even coaches? Brooke, what? Sir Stefanski and Flores are a good coach, but are, are they Sean Payton on the offensive side? No. They're defensive guys. That's a weak argument, Jared. It's about the players' talent. The, not fit, exactly the, fit, the is like, fit is like 50% of success in the NFL at the quarterback position specifically. Go ahead, Bart. I just want to – well, first of all, I just checked. Ian Book ran a faster 40 than Josh Allen. So I don't think the athleticism thing is <laughs> – Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, by, by four hundredths of a second, granted. Yeah, but still. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but still. Anyway, what I actually wanted to say was I actually think the main issue that I take with your argument, Jared, is – what you said initially about Jameis. I don't think Ian Book is ever even going to get a chance to shine with Sean Payton and the Saints. I don't think he's ever going to start. No. I think Jameis is clearly going to be the starter for this whole season. And even if Jameis goes down or doesn't play well, which, mind you, in the preseason, he seems to have been doing quite, quite well, actually, especially for his standards. Even if he goes down, we know Sean Payton really likes Taysom Hill. I mean, there was all yeah. the drama about whether Taysom Hill would be the starter in the first place. I think if mm-hmm. one goes down, Taysom Hill is there too. And then miraculously for Ian Book to play, that would take both of them being really bad or getting hurt. I just don't see it happening, at least not soon. So if he's going to make a jump, like from season one to season two, I I mean, maybe the jump would have to come later in his career because I don't see it happening this season. Yeah, also, like, Ian Book didn't even play in the last preseason game, right? Like, Trevor... Yeah, they were giving reps to Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I feel... I feel like this uh, this noise about tr- like Ian Book being worth something to you know teams around the league. I feel like it's being produced by the Saints. Like, why would they not be playing their like a fourth round draft pick that they if they because they know everything him? they need to know about him already. They're already keeping really him. potentially <laughs> after okay. a he's a fourth round pick. Some a fourth round pick's nothing to sneeze at. It's not. It's nothing. Sure, it's not a first round pick. It's nothing to sneeze at, but it's not guaranteed that they'll make the team. And also, I mean, right. vaguely, but the fact that they wouldn't play someone who clearly has something to prove is strange. Like I like, it makes you worry a bit. Talk to me at week. Talk whole, to me week okay, one. Okay. Talk to me week one when he's on the roster. When he makes the yeah yeah that's fair. Okay. okay. Then the biggest leap that Ian Book is going to see from year one to year two is going from the fourth string to the third oh string, which is what? Oh, my God. <laughs> which means absolutely nothing. I mean, like, he he won't even sniff a starting job. Ever? Next, in this first year. Probably not ever. Every team needs a practice squad player, and he could be the greatest mm-hmm. practice, practice squad player in history, which Mm-mm. is right in line with greatest uh, quarterback in Notre Dame history. So... <laughs> I mean, it's it's a good role for him, but as far as a starter, this year's Josh Allen, Jared, don't be ridiculous. Yes. Just you wait. It's disrespectful. Can't wait to see I'm your guys' faces in five Josh years. Allen fans. It's a disrespect. Oh, five years. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, Jared. Five years is, when Ian Book yeah. is running circles around the league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be very happy to see that happen. I'd love it. I would, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like you guys are really, haters. Sounds like you're rooting yeah. against them right now. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm just I a mean, big Joe Montana fan, and so, you know, yeah. I need to have him be the best quarterback in the game. book. Yeah. Just saying that Trevor Simeon is a Super Bowl champ um, from 2016. So when it comes yeah, down no. to it between him and Ian Book, um, 
I, I feel like the, the Super Bowl champ has got to take it. And he clearly led the Broncos that. to the Super Bowl in 2016. He's a winner. Exactly. Oh, my God. Ian Book is an unproven winner. Okay. Moving on. I know I'm going to get grilled for this take. And I'm gonna, and I, I will fully admit, I have grilled myself already. Nobody has been harder on the Detroit Lions than myself. I called them a laughable organization. I, they're consistently a joke. I think is something that I've said. I'm sorry for the people of Detroit. I'm not exactly your biggest fan until today, when I sat and I thought about it, and I was thinking, you know, the more they make fun of Dan Campbell and the Lions, the more I like them. The more that they try to joke around with him, the more I want to root for him because. When they started joking around Dan Campbell, I felt it deep down the same way they joked around Joe Judge. Joe Judge was making coaches run, making players run for drop balls. He was taping tennis balls under their hands, and everyone said that. What is this guy doing? (laughs) But Dan Campbell, like Joe Judge, is not the village idiot. Uh, Joe Judge played right underneath (laughs) Bill Belichick. Dan Campbell was the assistant head coach to Sean Payton. Sean Payton... (laughs) trusted Dan Campbell with the team when he was dealing with the suspension. Dan Campbell has been with Sean Payton for a while. Uh, obviously trusted. He impressed the Detroit Lions in an interview. He was e- even able to get an interview. And I think that I like his mentality enough to be a rah-rah in the trenches type coach to where you can kind of ground and pound a lot of teams. They might have one of the best O-lines in football after this year with Penny Sewell and a lot of good uh, other pieces of a really good center. I'm a huge fan of DeAndre Swift, who I think is going to be a high-end running back for them. They obviously, Jared Goff, who exactly wasn't a spectacular quarterback with the Rams, but he's a good vet who might be able to help click pieces together. TJ Hawkinson was a first-round pick. I think he's going to be a top-five tight end this year. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be a surprise wide receiver for us this year. And I think, I think it's time for the defense to start clicking as well. You get heavy in the trenches. You have a good shutdown corner, and Jeff Okuda is going to take a big leap. And obviously, they have enough first-round picks and a coach who coached under Sean Payton to finally (laughs) make things click together. The Detroit Lions will finish second in their division. The the Vikings are going to have a weak defense this year. And the Bears, I hate to root against my guy Justin Fields, but the Bears just might not let it click all well enough. This Andy Dalton circus might just derail their entire season. Silence. I, Crickets. I like it. I, I picked the no. Lions like a few months ago to be most what? likely to go. No, no I did. To go worst <laughs> to first. To go worst to first. Mostly. Yeah, well, I, what is your reasoning? I don't know why it laid it out nicely. You've <laughs> got a lot of nice young talent on defense. I think Goff has something to prove to some extent as well. I mean, has he really shown it so far? But not as much. But he's a guy who led a team to a Super Bowl. You know, he's he's been in a Super Bowl. There's potential there. I also really like DeAndre Swift as well. Um, he's really good at Georgia. I think he's going to be a good running back. And I don't know. We'll see. They have a lot of Notre Dame guys too. Uh, Romeo Aquara, Julian Aquara, uh, Javon McKinley. Oh, so well, now being a Notre Dame player is a good thing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, who, if Jared Goff cannot get it done with Sean McVay, why do you think he's going to get it done with Motor City Dan Campbell? He's throwing to nobody. He has no their best receiver left last year. He has nobody to throw there are to. Two best receivers left last year. Yeah, yeah. and the the replacements are not up to par. <clears throat> and DeAndre Swift is injured going into the season. Jamal yeah. Williams, who's who is pretty good with the Packers, is is in. So like maybe that'll be okay. But I'm not super confident about that. 
and Dan Campbell, like, for Wyatt, do we, like, is Joe Judge, like, a case that we compare against, like, a success case? He went 6-10 and ten in his first season. I mean, maybe eventually <laughs> no, he will be, but we're not. How can we be sure that that's, like, a, like, I don't know, I this isn't about the Lions. This is what, the what's, what's Giants, not so successful. We can take it offline. What's Wyatt. not yeah. successful about what um, Joe Judge did? Because guess what? He also finished second in his division last year after being at the, in the worst bottom. division of football. He didn't win it. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. They didn't win the division. They didn't go to the playoffs. That matters. They're, they're gonna win Come it on. this year, Jared, and it's just a leap, right? Because because uh, Dan oh Campbell is gonna eventually win that division. Just because Dan Campbell, like, like, do you say Dan Campbell's eventually going to win that division? <laughs> yeah, we got to take those steps, just the same way the Giants will. Oh my goodness. They feel very if Rodgers leaves, yeah, I mean, if Rodgers leaves, no, 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 because year, like, we, we like to act like this division is a top tier division because the Packers sit at the top of it, which I don't think they're going to dethrone them. But the other teams that are sitting underneath are good ish, <laughs> but not great. And that's the problem. I can't think of a single team, especially one that wears purple, that has impressed me so far in that division. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I would actually, I would say the NFC North is strong because they have three teams who are going to be viable candidates for the playoffs, and the yeah. Lions are not one of them. <laughs> yeah. that, that's where I stand on this. If you look at the rosters for all four of the teams in this division, I don't say you can possibly say that the Lions aren't the worst one. I, I mean, just top and, to bottom, like, yeah. Sorry. Ed. No, like, do we seriously think that the Lions got better? Looking yes. mainly at the Jared Goff to Matt Stafford, you know, yeah, come swap. On. You think that that was, you know, is going to make them better, Jared Goff over Matt Stafford. The one thing they had going for them last year is that they had Matt Stafford. That is that is now gone. Look, they're gonna have, they're they're gonna be better. They're they're building a lot of things. It's about the mindset. Look, you're going from Dan Quinn <laughs> to Dan Campbell. Is it was it Dan Quinn or Matt Quinn? What's his name? It was not Dan Quinn. I'm not sure. Matt Patricia. Right. Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia. Who, who yeah, Matt Patricia. Quinn? Yeah. Dan Quinn's the, the old Falcons coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you rip on him all the time. <laughs> Another one we hate. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Patricia. You go from Matt Patricia to Dan Campbell, right? And I think that you're gonna you're gonna see a big difference in energy and a big difference in mindset. I think <laughs> that Dan Campbell is crazy enough. So maybe I have uh, pull something out of it. He's a culture guy, and I think that the culture is going to be good enough there. I like a lot of these pieces I look at as I look at the depth chart. I'll read them mm-hmm. again. DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Frank Ragnow, Penny Sue. They got some good pieces on there. Best offensive line in that division. The best player on their team might be a guy that's never played an NFL snap, Wyatt, let's be honest. Who? Penny Sue. He might be the best player on their team right now. They got like it's a great powers. place to start from. Defensive <laughs> line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your tackle is the best player on your team. Hell yeah, we'll take. Tommy oh Kramer, another Notre Dame guy. I think they need a lot more help than just tackle. Yeah, yeah. but like crappy. I'm rooting for Dan Campbell, but culture is not going to fix the the they've Lions' been, problems right now. They've been bad need well enough that it's time for these first round picks to start clicking, and I think that they will. <laughs> Okay. With, you can with Dan Campbell's amount of caffeine, I, I think anything is possible. So. Yeah, true. You know, maybe, That's true. <laughs> okay, so I am putting that in the book at stock that the Detroit absolutely. Lions are finished second. Okay. As long, along with Lucas's pick on the Browns winning the Super Bowl. These are all buckets. These are, yeah, these are all I, I, I never booked the end book thing. His <laughs> name is booked. He's doing it for sure. Also, all flashy players. 
Now to return to this point, I'm looking at their locker now. The number of Notre Dame players they have is insane. Like, there's at least... <laughs> there's Alizé Mack, mm. uh, Javon McKinley, uh, the Okawara brothers, Tommy Kramer, um, at least five. So, I don't I know how the Chargers, the Chargers at one point last mm. year had, like, six. I remember them. Yeah. Oh, Javon McKinley. I forgot to mention him again. Yeah. Mm. No, you mentioned him. Starting left oh, tackle. Yeah. <laughs> they just have that Midwest culture instilled in them already, you know? Exactly. So exactly. Middle America. Middle America. Detroit yeah. is one of the Middle cities America. in the U.S. that is losing population. <laughs> Detroit is Detroit is just a downward city right now. No, it's on the ups again. We love Detroit. Is it? It's on the ups Shout after they finish second in their division. Exactly. Yeah, then, then people exactly. are going to start That's flocking. Then everyone's going to start flocking right back. <laughs> when you're moving right. to Detroit next year at this time, Jared... Don't come crying back to us. Yeah, I will. I'll be crying. If I'm moving to Detroit, I'll probably be crying. Yeah. It's cheap. We love Detroit. Don't let the haters tell you otherwise. Yeah, yeah. it's Michigan, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't. The whole state of Michigan is. Michigan's a good state. I. I apologies. Yeah. Why it doesn't think so? I don't think so. Michigan, you can't be a Michigan fan if you if you've lived in Indiana, you can't be a fan of Michigan. Come on. You've lived in Indiana. Yeah. You especially might be a Michigan fan. You know, <laughs> comparing the two. No, we love Indiana too. Indiana. But do you guys anyway. want to shout out any other states before we move on? Yeah, Lucas. Is, is there awesome any that you don't love? Yeah. 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 Google the list of states. You like Indiana, Every, so I don't. Everybody in this country is beautiful and wonderful. And Lucas has all the states ranged from one to fifty, and he's just. Exactly. Oh, That's gonna be our next episode. Is yeah. There's nothing to do with sports anymore. Become a geography channel. Screw it. Let's rank the states. Anyway, speaking of something else, Bart is gonna take us away with his next take. Oh, yes. All right. Um, my take is about Derrick Henry. I'm going to start off the negative takes, <laughs> the first three real positives. So Derrick Henry won the rushing title in 2019. He dominated the rushing title last year. He was like almost 500 yards above the second closest running back. Uh, I don't think he's even going to sniff a third straight rushing title this year. I don't even think he's going to be top three. That's what I'm booking. This is kind of structured like a high school essay, so when I'm going through my bullet points and you're like giving flashbacks, that's why. I'm sorry, but I, okay. let me <laughs> let me destroy this with facts my red and pen logic. Is out. <laughs> no, all right. So first of all, let's take a look at previous 2,000 yard rushers, right? Because he he was like a little bit over 2,000 last year. In the following season, every single 2,000 yard rusher had at least 500 fewer rushing yards in their follow up season than the season when they had 2,000. So that's a weird data point. Secondly, consider his age. 27 has been touted, like I found an article from a few years ago by ESPN, for example, that says 27 is the age where running backs begin to hit a cliff and their production falls off. So this is his age 27 season. He turned 27 in January. Another thing to note. And then consider his volume. He led the league. So both of the years that he led the league in rushing, he also led the league in rushing attempts. Last year he had 378, which has not been beaten by a running back since 2014, DeMarco Murray. That's like almost 24, 25 carries a game which is a ton with running backs obviously the concern is always injuries i think because he's been carrying the ball so much that's going to be a real factor going into next season um why was he carrying the ball so much this is my segue into my discussion about the titans overall the titans last year were 11 and 5 so you thought they were good they led a lot in fourth quarters that's why he was running so much they were second in the nfl in fourth quarter rush attempts i don't think they were actually that good though they, they won a lot of close games. They were 7-2 and two in close games, 2-0 and over in overtimes. I think that's going to flip the script. It's just like a normal case of regressing towards the mean. I think they're, if their luck shifts a little bit, they're going to be the team on the 
uh, trailing a lot of the times in close games, Henry won't be getting his carries anymore. Mm. Uh, yeah, their record also masked a bad defense. They were fifth worst, I think, in yards allowed and in expected points uh, contributed by a defense, which is like a cool stat I found. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> they were saved by their seventh best takeaways defensively. But takeaways, say it with me now, team takeaways are notoriously bad at predicting themselves in future seasons. So that's also yes. going to regress this year, I think. <laughs> yes, everybody knows. I nailed it. I nailed it. Um, and then finally, I just want to consider a few other like, random pieces of context. Julio's there now. I know they lost Corey Davis, but Julio is greater than Corey Davis. I think it's safe to assume they're going to be passing a lot, or rather passing more than they were last year. And then just think about other running backs. Like Dalvin Cook would have been right up there with Derrick Henry last year if he hadn't missed two games. Christian McCaffrey could very well have been up there if he had played more than literally just three games. Alvin Kamara is always a threat, and this year, now that they've lost Drew Brees, I can see the Saints being a lot more run-heavy, and he's the clear number one there. We talked about Nick Chubb with the Browns earlier. He's a threat. I just think there are a lot of running backs in the league who are also going to be competing and actually having really good rushing yard seasons. So combining the fact that Henry might just be getting old and injured, the Titans' offense is going to regress, or I'm sorry, the Titans overall are going to regress, and then there's just other running backs who are competing for that mantle. They want that. I don't think Derrick Henry will even be in the top three this year. That's my case. Oh my gosh, that was a good essay. Wow. That was a good yeah, essay. I'm convinced. Yeah. Yeah. It's total silence. God, One thing I, I take issue with is that. Or sorry, right? No, that, no, you got, it, you got. It. Yeah, yeah. That other running backs would have been like really up with Derrick Henry last year. Potentially, they like would have been, but I mean, Derrick Henry's season last year was like I think the fifth best of all time in terms of total rushing yards. Like, I don't, like, he, he put some, you know, it, it was a good season. There was, there yeah. was some mileage between him and everyone else, you know, even despite of injuries. But, I like, overall, I, I don't, yeah, I've been, I've been potentially convinced. Maybe not out of the top three, but, yeah, I, I think someone else could win it for sure. I don't think saying he's not going to win it is hot enough. So I need yeah, to yeah. <laughs> stick, with, stick with your hot take. Stick with your hot take. He won't even get the top three. Because I agree with you that there are a lot of talented running backs that can take that those spots yeah. for him. There's plenty of guys, and I, I, I'll take it one further. Nick Chubb will win that rushing title, but I think Jonathan Taylor what? will probably be up there as well. And mm-hmm. you know, Dalvin Cook are all going to be guys who are going to fill those roles, fill those holes. Do, you know. Do we think Nick Chubb is though? If like he's got. I feel like when you have a good second string running back, that hurts your uh, ability. Yeah. He's, he's the most title. efficient, best pure runner of the football, I think. I mean, yeah, he, he doesn't even have to do this, the incredibly yeah. high volume yeah. that a lot of the other guys have. Yeah. yeah, I could see the Browns just using him and using Cream Hunt as like more of a third down, yeah. not super yeah. running the ball with him kind of back. But, yeah. 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 Well, crickets. Pretty bold. It was, it was too yeah. good of a kick. That was really good. Part. Are you booking yeah, it though? Part? I know. Are you booking oh, it? I, I done. I booked it when I started my case. Okay, he did. Just oh, wow. sure. <laughs> I'm <laughs> that confident. <laughs> I'm yeah, so I'm, I'm booking that. Though. Three for four on bookets, huh? I wonder who did it. Anyways, moving on. Who <laughs> <laughs> did? Finish it off. Oh, Steam and hot take. Aiden, take it away. Um, I'm gonna, gonna say that the the Steelers. I'm gonna continue first of all with the the negative takes. Thank you, Bart, for setting the precedent, mm. making that paving the way for me to to make this take. Um, I sent you a letter in the mail about it. Thank you, thank you for that. You know, you know, we have to we have to that for be me. strong together. Um, you know? Exactly. Notice, um, yes. Yeah, everyone else is too positive. Uh, but anyway. 
I think that the Steelers will have Mike Tomlin's first losing season this year. Um, I am booking that the Steelers will go seven and ten or worse. Uh, wow! <laughs> I am, I'm not optimistic about Big Ben's last dance. Um, you know, obviously the Steelers had a really great start to last year. Um, they struggled on the finish. They lost four of their five last regular season games, um, and they lost in the playoffs to the Browns. Um, and they had honestly a very unproductive offseason. They lost a lot of their offensive line, David DeCastro, uh, Alejandro Villanueva, Pouncey. Um, the replacements are okay, but a loss overall, um, and not good for a, a fragile quarterback like Big Ben. Um, they got Najee Harris in the draft. Like, I will never be a, a first-round uh, running back fan. And Big Ben honestly struggled towards the end of last season. Um, like, the last four games, he threw eight... eight, eight excuse me, eight interceptions, including four in the playoffs against the Browns. That countered with the fact that, uh, you know, the Super Bowl favorite, as Lucas mentioned, the Browns um, are in their division. Um, And they've also got the Ravens, obviously, to deal with, um, who last year were good despite a pretty subpar year from Lamar Jackson. And compounded with that tough division, or, you know, as somewhat a result of that tough division, is that they have a pretty ridiculous schedule um, their opponents won, like, it was 57.4% of their games last year. Uh, so they have two games each, obviously, against the Ravens and Browns. They have games at Buffalo, at Green Bay, and at Kansas City, plus other oh tough games goodness. against the Titans, Seahawks, Raiders, Chargers, etc. Oh. I I don't see things working out well in this last kind of hurrah uh, for Big Ben. Um, I think I think this might be one to forget for the Steelers. You make a, a compelling case. I, I hadn't considered their schedule. That's a pretty yeah, brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. When I see if the, you look at the yeah, the Detroit yeah. Lions sitting there on November fourteenth, I know. I know it's <laughs> Fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get that wild card. They're gonna come at it with their full energy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for me, the biggest question mark was their offensive line because uh, they lost a couple like veterans. I can't remember exactly who this offseason. I think one of them retired and one of them just left. Yeah, um, Pouncey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of others. Yeah. And, like Big Ben is a 40, like we're saying. he If he's getting wrecked behind an offensive line that's mm-hmm. like just average at best, then, yeah, I mean, I don't even – their backup quarterback is not going to lead them to the playoffs. Mason. Oh, so Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins has looked okay. okay in the preseason yeah, apparently. Is. So maybe maybe that's the fallback. I mean, yeah, I don't know because it's, it's a strange situation because, like, Dante Johnson plus Chase Claypool plus Juju, yep. who got re-signed, is plus Najee Harris if he works out. Yep. That's yep. a really, really good, like, uh, skill group. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But if Ben can't, like, deliver the rock or if he's getting crushed all day, then it's kind of pointless. So, yeah, I think – whether the offensive line can stay in front of him is going to be big. But like you were saying, he, he, if he falls off near the end of the season anyway, there's an extra game this year, then, yeah. That's true. But, yeah, with the extra ga- with the extra game, it makes it far more likely that, like, no no team can actually go 8-8 eight and eight ever this year, you know, or ever again. And no. I know it hurts the Cowboys' legacy that they can't go 8-8, eight and eight, but, yeah, like, eight eight the, the, the it, it does, you know, <laughs> there's a possibility that the Steelers will – I guess you they could go eight and one. Uh, the Steelers will just at some point either be right on that line or right below it. I've never been a person who's bought into the Steelers hype. 
Uh, I just I don't believe in Juju Smith Schuster. I don't like him. <laughs> I think that they have a lot, a, a couple of good guys. I like Chase Claypool. I think he's talented. But I mean, they they draft Walt wide receiver, but it just never really makes a big enough splash for me for them to to really make that leap. They they identify themselves on the defensive side of the ball. And but sometimes I think you can kind of just notice that the offenses have gotten so good that you can't just shut down every defense every week, you know. Yeah. Especially when Jared Goff is slinging it and your defense <laughs> is scrambled. What else are you supposed to do? What is your exactly? <laughs> There's no game plan that works against Jared Goff. No, I mean, it's hard enough playing in the AFC, um, you know, given how you're probably now. They're definitely, they're still the third most talented team, but I think they have the fourth best quarterback in that division. And I just am not exactly stoked for a very arrogant, what I would say, Steelers team. They were, they were, they were super arrogant last year. They were the worst, like 12 and 0 team ever. Yeah. We want to see them put in their place, okay? Yeah, it's oh gonna be goodness. very, okay. very satisfying. I, I completely forgot that they started off twelve and zero. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I just remember was... the Browns getting destroyed by the Browns. That's all. That's the my playoffs. Own. Yeah, uh-huh. memory of them. Mm, take it away, Bart. All right. Well, as always, thank you for listening uh, to the goons. As why I would say, you know the drill. Subscribe to us, listen to us on whatever medium you prefer. Holler at your friends, let us let them know that there's a great sports podcast out there for, for them to start listening to, if they would like to, of course. Um, and as always, interact with us on social media. Let us know what we could be doing better, what you want to hear about. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening. <laughs> <laughs>